You're about to listen to a We Are LA Tech Remix episode, where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Hey, this is Ryan Burns, CEO of Buzzcast, a virtual event platform built by producers for producers. We're based in Larchmont in sunny Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, the, the target market has been something that was very, very specific from day one, you know, when we started the company, which was we were trying to create the professional grade solution for large scale, some of the biggest production companies in the world to work with their large enterprise clients. So essentially trying to solve my own problem with my other production company, you know, the type of clients we work with. And so that was the goal. There are, you know, a range of platforms out there and more and more seem to pop up every day. A large part of them are clustered around the sort of self-service side of the market, which is kind of, you know, easier to use tools. Anybody can office can pop in and set up a little meeting with. What we're dealing with is, you know, our clients and the events we do are you know, we did the Bill and Melinda Gates World COVID Summit last year, you know, with 75 countries and 6,000 people. We did, you know, National Academy of Sports Medicine, which is 120,000 people. So we're dealing specifically in very large, very complex events. And when you're dealing with that, the cl- our client is really the production company. And then their client is, is the end brand. And so what we're trying to do is provide them the tool sets that have the you know, security, the scalability, the stability you know, and the sort of flexibility to, you know, change things that they need. Because if you're dealing with one of those clients, you know, you're, you're, you're basically going to be saying, they're saying how high whenever they say jump. Uh, and so you need to be prepared for that. So we wanted to create that set of tools that we thought was missing. And you're still operating your production company in tandem to now your utility company, right? Yes. I, I stepped aside for running it two years ago. And so I've been running Buzzcast for the last year and a half, I guess now, something like that. We started March of 2020. And so, yeah, I hired somebody else in that's a, my other company is very mature and settled and, and have somebody else running that for me now. Well, I was going to ask, like, can, I know this is about, you know, tech products, but can you share how your production company serves? Because everybody in LA may need to tap into that as well. What we do? Yeah, the, pr- the production side. Yeah. yeah for yeah. anybody looking for help on that front. Yeah, so so the Buzz Lab is a uh, a production company that spe- specializes in doing things like explainer videos, or customer profiles, or product videos, or you know vision videos, and where we're going, or recruiting videos, things like that. So it, it's really sort of marketing, sales, communications type things for you know, like I mentioned before, some some large tech companies like Oracle and Adobe and Pricewaterhouse Cooper and Deloitte, people like that. So that's what we've done. We've done those for a very very long time. We're very good at them. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's, we carved out a little niche for ourselves in that, that area a long time ago. So, and how many people are on your team at Buzzcast specifically? Yeah. Buzzcast right now we are, God, it changes every day. Uh, but I think, I think right now we're about 23 or 24, something like that. And we'll be, 
you know, closer to, to 40 by the end of the year. Hi everyone, this is Rita Munir. I am the co-founder and chief operating officer of Authenticate, a cybersecurity company based in Santa Barbara. And we replace keys, passwords, all the annoying security products with an easy-to-use smartphone app. Yeah, that's a great question. It's usually the team when you're a startup. The team is what matters the most. And uh, my co-founder Chad has is you know one of the cybersecurity industry's experts. He's He's got a PhD in cybersecurity and spent his whole life uh, breaking systems, you know, working for the government at MIT Lincoln Lab. So it's more more of like the story of the company and and how the how we came to you know come up with the technology and everything. That's that's what our so our customers usually believe in the team. For now, they believe in the team. That's what they're looking at, and then. Once they start using our product, one cool thing is that we we can we offer you know free trial and during that free trial, most companies have their own uh, CIOs or CISOs doing a bunch of tests on us. You know before accepting a vendor, they have to run uh, a lot of evaluations and stuff. And usually our scores come up to be pretty good, and that's how they trust us. So. Um, I mean, a part of that, most security products, uh, you know, you have to get certified and, and go through the certification. So I guess that will help us too. But for now, it's, you know, they do their own research there. They trust their security people within the company, whether that's a CIO or a CISO or an IT manager. And then we just have to convince those people that we're good and they believe us and they trust us. And where are you guys today? And where do you dream of being a year from now as a company? Yeah, so today we have some paying customers in town. So we we try to handpick our customers and only have people in town. Uh, and that's because it's a security product. You definitely don't want to you don't want to run before you could walk. So we we were making sure that we can support our customers and they're trusting us with their security. So we want to make sure we can we can deliver. So today we have a, a sales ready product. So we're we're selling our product. We're confident to sell the product to not non-friendly customers so people we don't really know and just like yeah we're so we're in that stage and because because our product has a hardware part and a software part so today we're able to offer the passwordless uh, authentication solution which means not only you can get into your office without your keys but only using your phone but now we can also unlock your computer with your phone so that's that's the cool part and that's the the newly, you know, released uh, part of our product. So that's where we are today. In a year, we would like to see our customers using the full suite of our product. So, you know, get into the office with phone in the pocket, no keys, no smart cards, sit on their desk without typing any passwords or just phone speaks to computer and unlocks everything, but also use it for their SSH keys management and all that. So having our customers use the full, the full suite of products. And have you raised money? How are you funding everything? Yes, we raised the pre-seed round last summer from from local angels. And uh, we also did a friend and family round. So we've raised about 800,000. And that was enough money to, you know, have us hire some folks and get an office space where is where I am right now. And we raised the pre-seed. We're going to raise our seed round uh, at the end of the year. So maybe December or January.
Hi, I'm Mark McDermott and I'm the CEO of ScreenCloud. We're a SaaS platform for digital signage and we're based in Santa Monica. You know, if we take, say, for example, uh, well, London and LA, I think culturally is very similar. Um, like a lot of the people are living in shared like flats and things like that. You know, I've seen a lot of our colleagues working from their bedroom. And that's just super unhealthy. I've also seen the hours of day that they tend to be working really stretching out. So first thing in the morning, they're getting up and they're getting on the computer. They're like on late at night. Often, you know, it, it's not it's not right. You know, it's not right. it's not healthy to be connected just to one room and like have everything happening. And I think that we had a you know it's been like the lockdowns have been pretty severe in both the UK and the US. And uh, I think it's really affected everyone's mental health a lot. Mm -hmm. And we've just started going back in and just having, you know, socially distanced. We're not letting everyone back in because we're being responsible about that. So we're kind of taking it in shifts and turns and things like that. But just the atmosphere, everyone just feels a bit like a weight has been lifted. You do a Zoom call and you do a Zoom call for a reason. Right. You don't just go on Zoom and just sort of shoot the... I don't know if I should well, Mark, say that. Well, Mark, unfortunately, you know I mean? some people do. It drives me bananas. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, I, I get Zoom fatigue, if I'm honest. Me like, too. You know, yeah. So if you, if I've done like six hours of Zoom in a day, I just I just feel absolutely exhausted. Same. And often I just sit on the sofa at the end of the day and just basically fall asleep or something. Totally. But you know what? I did a day yesterday where I did at least 50% of my meetings were in person. And at the end of the day, I felt energized. You know, I've, I've, it was it, the the atmosphere in the meetings was more lighthearted. Um, we didn't feel so constricted by time. We didn't because an hour goes in and you do yeah. the hour. We didn't like we didn't really think about time. We just kind of did the meeting until we didn't need to do it anymore. And right. you know, it was like, oh, it's twenty five minutes. Yeah. Fine, that's we, we're done now. Hey, let's go and grab a tea. Or you know, um, I actually said to one of my colleagues, I was like, why don't we just go for a walk and, and do this one? It was like lunchtime. Yeah. It was a really nice day. Was yeah. Like, yeah, let's go out and, and walk around. So yeah. we've lost that kind of informality and that playfulness in our environment by being these like, oh, it's a meeting. It's in my calendar. Yeah. I've got to turn up. Here's the agenda. It's just like, wow, wow, we really got a bit rigid here. And that isn't where the creative stuff comes from. It isn't where the those accidental moments happen the the way that the, the friendships which can occur just by between people who just right. have nothing to do with each other in terms of their role but everything to do with each other in terms of their personality right and I just think that like I'm not saying that what happened I think it needed to happen given right. what what we've experienced and what what yeah. was happening but it's, it has had some serious negative effects which we need to now redress and I have nothing against fully remote, um, but I think that that is a very intentional culture that you need to instill from day one. And I think the type of people that are going to be attracted to a fully remote uh, business, you know, is going to really suit them in terms of the location they live, maybe their family situation, their own personality, whatever, whatever that might be. Right. I think when you're in major cities like London, LA and Bangkok um, and in Belfast, Northern Ireland, which is yeah. the capital of, it's a small country, but it's, yeah. it's capital. People who want to work in those environments, they want to be out in, in the city, having the full city experience, which is your job, your colleagues, which become friends often. Right. And what happens after work, what happens before work, um, and just the buzz of, of that. And I think, yeah, we've lost that. And so, so companies that went full remote and then are coming back out, 
uh, I, I expect most people to want to go back in when they feel safe. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production.